Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 159 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tick tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, this is a weird one for us. I usually say that, and then it's like a non-important like like important thing, but right now, we are trying something new. We are trying to record via uh, not just seeing, hearing each other's voices, but also video um, um, staring at each other. I see you gesticulating, and this is I, I didn't realize you 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 move oh, your hands I'm a so big, much. I'm a big gesticulator when I talk. I'm the Italian. I'm supposed to be the one that talks with my hands. Maybe by osmosis through our friendship, I've like gained this ability to. But yeah, we're doing this okay. through Skype. So I now get to stare at you. You get to stare at me. You have like what like LED lights in your room that you can change the color of at all times. I can. It's those um, nano leaf lights. I think we talked about them. I got them as a Christmas present, and uh, they're you pretty did, good. Yeah, but I've never seen them live. Jokingly, I asked Siri to change them to fiery red, and she's like, "Oh, it sounds like you want to change your lights." I said, "Yes." And then she said, let me send you some web results. So she didn't listen. So she got confused, but that's okay. You can't, you have to be very specific with Siri. You can't actually go off script. No, you can't. Or else she'll do things like give you Google results. Yeah. And she'll send them to your phone. She won't actually tell them to you. My kids really don't like Siri. They like the home pods in terms of the music it plays and that they sound good. But every time Siri gives them a weird answer, they're like, oh, we hate Siri. Under their breath. Yeah, well, because they're right. Because you exhibit classic boomer behavior where every trinket is the coolest thing on earth, whereas they see through the lies a little bit more. I had to put one of the Google Homes back. So there's now a Google Home in the living room. Because they just didn't want to deal with Siri. Double density. You have super exciting news. I have super exciting news. Uh, I will start because I think mine's a little more interesting and important. Between the last episode and now, which we're recording late because life gets in the way sometimes, um, I was in Twitter jail for like 36 hours. So uh, a couple of weeks ago in Quebec, they announced, and this is a COVID thing, but like whatever, um, they announced that Everything's a COVID thing, Brian. I know. Anyone over the age of 70 in Quebec was eligible to uh, get um, an appointment for vaccination. So because I am unable to really, really talk about things in like a sincere and earnest way online, I tweeted out the following, Angelo. Parents are booked for their 5G chip next week. I'm excited for them. Though most seriously, I am excited that they'll be getting vaccinated soon. And as soon as I tweeted that out, Twitter (laughs) blocked my account in that I was trying to spread misinformation about uh, COVID-19. And uh, they gave me the option of either deleting the tweet or (laughs) appealing it. So it turns out if you appeal a tweet, the length of the appeal, um, you don't have access to your Twitter account. So I was locked out of my account for 12 hours initially. They said, hey, Either delete it or you're like locked out for 12 hours. But if you appeal, it's for the length of the appeal. So it actually took me 36 hours to get back access to me. And I'm, I'm a man of principle. I'm a man of internet principle here. I'm not backing down from what is obviously a satirical joke. And I'm wondering if the appeal was actually like a human who saw this and was like, yep, this is misinformation. When really it isn't. The entire bracket explains the context. Did you get to keep the tweet? Uh, no, that was the thing I had to, in order to come back out, my appeal was rejected. So in order to come back to Twitter, I had to delete the tweet. So I have a screenshot of it. I posted the screenshot, which wasn't deleted, but yeah, I guess it was like, um, like one of the Twitter, like, like filters, I guess was just like, you know what? There are too many words here that we don't like. We're not searching sentiment. We're literally just searching for words. You're a regular old Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, except I now have access to to my account, right? So whatever, Angelo, and except he was always uh, as sincere as possible. Oh yeah, just the, an altruist, really. Like that's the the yeah. kind of, of thing I I picture when I, I speak his name. Um, so my exciting news was getting uh, uh, Twitter jailed for the first time. It's never happened to me before, and I've been on Twitter since like two thousand eight or nine regularly, right? So um, your news is just as exciting though. 
Well, Brian, remember how I was talking about how I really wanted to keep my iPhone 8 Plus until the next iPhone? <laughs> yes. And it was my goal. I want to keep these iPhones as long as possible. Turns out they don't last that much longer after three and a half years. Uh, my iPhone 8, what, a couple of days after we recorded and me saying, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it for as long as possible. Yeah, it started dying really quick. Uh, I went out for a walk with, uh, with friends, socially distanced walk, and took a few pictures. The phone was at 98% when we went out for a walk. And then two hours later, after just a few pictures and walking outside, the battery was at 48%. So the message that my iPhone was telling me that my battery needed service was correct. It was wishful thinking that I was hoping it was just a bug. And uh, the battery is kind of dead on that thing. So now I said, oh, do I want to go to the store and change the battery? But stores are closed. Can't really. It's not really easy to get an appointment to get a battery it's change. Not, no. And do I really want to do that? No, I don't. So I ordered an iPhone 12. Not the Pro, but just the regular old 12. And I'll tell you how impressed I was. I ordered from the Apple Store app around 11 o'clock on a Wednesday. And it was at my house by FedEx at eight thirty, like, like seven fifty-five in the morning. Yeah, because you'd message me like the next workday saying like I already got my phone. Yeah, is crazy. It was like a reverse uh, new phone. Who did? <laughs> yeah, no, literally, you got that. So uh, you are now officially like a twelve boy. Uh, congrats. Yeah, I've got the 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 cool new cameras and. You know, I always was saying, how much better can the cameras be? They're really good. <laughs> yeah, but at, the, like, at this point, though, like, um, how much better can they get, right? Unless you're talking about, like, lenses. Well, that's what we always say, right? It's like the iPhone 4. Wow, this camera's amazing. How much better can a phone camera get? And look at this. So they're, they're really good. My thing the last couple of weeks, though, has been case or no case. And I've done case, and I've done no case. And now I'm with a case again. Uh, the irony is, uh, as I was putting my case on, I chipped one of the corners of, the, <laughs> like I, I scratched the aluminum on the side. So that's ironic. But so the redbook uh, value has dropped off considerably now. Yeah, yeah. These, although it's it's gone longer than my iPhone eight plus did, uh, which got like a gash on the on the screen itself within it, like three days. What what caused the gash? I think I put it in a, my coat pocket with keys oh, okay. by accident. I'm usually super careful about that. Whatever. I, I stopped noticing it after a few weeks anyway. So this one has a little, a little nick on the notch. Say that three times fast. And a little scratch on the, um, on the aluminum. But hardly anything noticeable. Most people I picture notice. you throwing your phone in a fit of rage, and that's how the gash ended up there originally. Because you clearly are really a man upset. who has like fits of rage. That, that's like, when um, was the last that's time like you really, actually got really angry? Like, like, like real angry. I have kids, Brian. So no, 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 but like often. to an adult about something like that was like justified. I'm not talking oh. like talking to, like, I'm talking like, like you were shaking. Well, like you this week when you said you didn't want to record on time, we got a huge fight. Oh yeah. It was no. all caps and things like that. I don't think we've ever argued about anything. No, no, um, no, I don't think we have. No, nothing where it's like, oh no, you're wrong on that. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, I am. Okay, thanks. No, but because you're the way you are. You're kind of like, I get you how you are, whether or not I love it. It's another question entirely, but like, you are how you are. <laughs> you're kind of set in your ways. You know, yeah. you're like a turtle. Like like Franklin the turtle? Yeah, but no, you're all about like longevity and like calm. I am. I do yoga. I, I've been doing yoga every day. It really helps my back. Do you know what kind of yoga you do? Like, what is it called? I'm not really uh, that hip with the names of yoga things. <laughs> I'm like... I'm like, I'm doing the bendy pose and the non-bendy pose. Position six, position seven, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not really advanced or anything, but 
I have the I have a few YouTube channels I follow. Pretty fun. Yeah, you sent me a girl from Ottawa, right? So I'm gonna check that out um, sometime in the next little while. Yeah, you'll go with Cassandra. You'll go with Cassandra, which is weird because uh, same name as my daughter, although although she spells it differently. And there's yoga with Adrian, which I like as well. Yeah, but okay. So returning to the great. question, like you don't remember the last time you got like like shaking shaking mad? No, I don't. I honestly can't remember that. I got really mad at my landlord a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, I saw you post something on Twitter about it, and you didn't get blocked for it. No, I didn't. So basically, I I live in a multi-unit building, and um, upstairs the people have moved out, and so they are doing non-essential renovations here, which is sort of like on a, in a gray zone kind of. And uh, the landlord came downstairs and he said, "Hey, the electrician needs to um, run wires uh, from the basement all the way to the apartment. They're going to need to come into your apartment for for a little while." And I was like, okay, so they, they came in and then he's like, yeah, it's right here. Cause I guess they're trying to figure out like how to get the, the wiring in. And the landlord said, yeah, so they're going to come in one of these days. It's going to take five to eight hours. And the thing is we live in a very small apartment. There's like nowhere else to go. This guy was like barely wearing a mask. He just seemed like he was older. Didn't seem like to really care at all, which was kind of difficult to deal with. And I said, we, we work from home. We're constantly in meetings. It can't be during the week. And um, it can't be during the weekend. If you can postpone this, please do. And his response was, well, you can go somewhere for eight hours. And I said, where? We're in the middle of a pandemic here. And his other response was, well, there's an empty apartment downstairs. You can take a chair and go sit there for the day. <laughs> um, so, so just sitting, staring at a wall? Yeah. So this was I like. Mean, Steph would be with you so you guys could stare at each we other. We didn't even have Wi-Fi because we're so far away. Ugh. So this was like uh, three weeks ago. We haven't heard anything since. We're just bracing for the next time the landlord texts us about something. Because anyways, suffice it to say, like, it's not entirely good what they're doing. And I found out that I have some recourses if they do decide to push it. So good news there. But it's just really weird. I got like very like defensive about my space. Well, yeah, it is your space. I mean, this isn't really tech related, but still it's, it's, I guess it's tech related. No, right? I mean, it's, it's personality uh, related. We are discussing each other's feelings and thoughts because there is a story coming up after this that I know you're going to be like, like shakingly angry about. I don't know what to tell you other than come move to the suburbs. With uh, me. Here we go again. Your pitch of moving to the suburbs where it takes, I calculated by the way, how long would it take me to get to work from where you live? And it's an hour Well, and it half. takes me not even two minutes because I just walk downstairs. Yes. <laughs> No, I meant like, <laughs> like if we were to return to the office. Um, but yeah, Angel, you are always getting mildly angry about things. You got mildly angry all about um, some Apple news. I'm not angry, Brian. I'm just disappointed. Like I'm in a, in a, in a child. <laughs> Apple's discontinuing the HomePod, but I, yes, I love the HomePod, which made me laugh so hard when I saw that because I said the only person who's going to care in my life is obviously you. And lots of people care. Lots of people like the HomePod. It's a great product, but. It's been flawed from the beginning, right? Like as much as I like it, I'm I'm realistic as well. Uh, the only reason I finally bought one is because I, I had some extra money uh, that was given to me by my parents because forty year old men still get birthday money from their. Italian I was going to say forty year old Italian men. Yes, the other one I I bought a second one because it was heavily discounted on Black Friday, so I would never really pay full price for one of these things. But they're still really good. They yeah. sound really good. They're they're fun to use. Siri's okay, as we've discussed. I don't think I've ever heard a better sounding speaker, really. Like even my near field near field monitors here don't sound as good as the home pods. But I guess home pods really? are tuned specifically for music. Yeah. Look, if I'm sitting on the couch and I'm listening to music, it sounds as good as if I'm wearing headphones. But aren't your reference monitors like tuned for like flat sound in, in theory, hopefully? Yeah, I guess. So, I mean, they don't, they don't give you a color of, of sound. No, so maybe, listen, you know, this is, this is what I spend all day talking about. So 
get ready for for editing and stuff like that. Obviously, the home pods would be very bad because you wouldn't be able to get a a, a clear picture of what the music should really sound like, right? Mm-hmm. But in terms of music listening, they sound amazing. Yeah, I mean, like for audio, any kind of audio listening, I think they're like they're the right way to go. Movies really good. So so now this is my concern. They've discontinued this the week before. They discontinued the iMac Pro which in one way sort of makes more sense because the new iMacs actually are faster than the iMac Pro. Yes. The joke going around this week is like, well, they're keeping the HomePod mini, but now what's it a mini of? (laughs) Which is a good point. My concern, Brian, as I said, is now, what if they discontinue the Apple TV? Yeah, what will you do I've been holding off getting a new Apple TV because I want to get an Apple TV 4K to work with these HomePods because that's the one downside of the HomePod is there's no actual external audio inputs or outputs. They're just AirPlay, right? So you have to use an Apple TV to make it work with your Apple, uh, with, with with movies and stuff. And they do sound great. I, I just have a stereo setup because I have an old, an old Apple TV SD, okay. but old. It's like a t- the 2015 model. I don't have the 2017 model, which is 4K. And does Dolby Atmos. And from what I understand, a stereo pair of HomePods on an Apple TV 4K sound incredible. So you're just you're just getting excited here. I am, but well, I don't Angela, know when don't Apple's going to come out with anything. Like, calm down. This I can see yeah, on okay. video now. Like unlike you before, see me, I'm, I'm shaking, yeah. Brian. I'm shaking. <laughs> I so and Apple's supposed to have a, an event March 16th. That didn't happen. They're supposed to have an event March 23rd. That's not going to happen or hasn't happened. I think this episode comes out after that. Before so. Before we're draw, I, I'm, we're, let's try and drop this sooner than that. Okay, I don't know when I'm going to edit this. Though, I right? might end up editing it then. Okay, then that's fine. And I'm not going to cut anything. It's going to be raw. I'm just going to throw. Oh, I'm going to throw like the intro and the outro, and that's it. No, you're not. You you would knowing you that would, you would not live with that. No, I would. But it would be breathing I, sounds. I kind of would smacking love. Sounds. I, I kind of love to do that. Okay, like maybe a bit of compression, maybe a bit of EQing, maybe some noise gating. Okay, yeah, says the guy who works for like a music company that makes that stuff. So of course you're going to add all that stuff. Soon you're going to be auto-tuning us. I, you're going to have I, access to all these well, fancy I mean, GarageBand's got auto-tune in, right? I can auto-tune in uh, Logic. I mean, Logic and GarageBand are basically the same software. Yeah, just to based the, on the same thing. Pairing up, yeah. Well, same thing with uh, with iMovie and uh, Final Cut, right? Because I recently used iMovie as a joke at work to shoot something. And like a lot of this reminded me of like a newer Final Cut um, build because it was really funny I grew up with Final Cut like six and seven, so I uh, jumping to X was like really weird for me when I started using it for a bit. When I, you said X, it's ten. Oh, whatever. Final Cut X, <laughs> FPSX, FCPS, FCPX. There we go. Nailed okay, it. fourth take. <laughs> Great, awesome. Um, yeah, uh, I've used Final Cut. It's kind of hard to use though. If you don't know what you're doing, sure. Yeah, and I don't know what I'm doing. iMovie's easy, and. I loved your little movie. I thought you. I thought it was a foray into a new YouTube channel you were going to start. No, no. It's just, so every um, month at work, the creative director, um, my my boss, she holds a meeting where everyone has to bring like one thing that like kind of inspired them or like something that they've been interested in the last month. And I decided to do a short movie all about my slow cooker, which has really, really changed how we do meal prep around here. Inspiration by slow cooker. Exactly. 
Angela, we cannot escape the talk of like cryptocurrencies and things like that. They are all the rage, all the fashion and technology right now. So um, yesterday on the 17th, I tweeted out a picture of my cat and I said, my cat who is Canadian just got her steamy check this morning. Flaws in the system are awesome. Thanks, Joe. Because I was seeing all these tweets of people collecting their $1,400 checks in the States and I thought, oh, it'd be kind of funny. So um, so, uh, someone I know- And you didn't get blocked for this, right? No, thankfully. But uh, uh, someone I know locally and I, like we are e-friends. We were supposed to hang out, but then the pandemic happened. So I'm looking forward to meeting them in person um we were tweeting about the cat and then um you know i kind of said you know i saw the cat signing up for a wealth simple account she's throwing money into crypto per her last mumblings right so wealth simple is an app here in canada it's kind of like Robinhood in the states you download you can um, buy and sell um, um stocks but there's also like a crypto you can have like a, a shared crypto wallet there um so some crypto guy literally named crypto guy with a tally from South Park Avatar, jumped into my mentions and said, shouldn't be using Wealthsimple for crypto, doesn't have access to your wallet keys, let me know if you want more info recommendations. And I replied, okay, I'll let my cat know. And he liked it, so I don't <laughs> think he understood what was going on. But he is a live person, he is not a bot, just based on yeah, the way that he was he tweeting. Yeah, it, right? Bots don't usually like you. No, and then like the way that he was tweeting was very clear because he was like tweeting like very appropriate memes to situations. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I have very complicated feelings about like the crypto market in general. But, you know, one of those like people who searches mentions for the mention of wealth simple or cryptocurrency only to like try and evangelize, uh, a very weird to me. And I guess he didn't really catch on that it was about your cat. No, not at all. And so Crypto Bro just decided to tell me uh, what's up and uh, tell my cat to stop using an app. Um, jokes on them anyways, because she is more of a Dogecoin kind of lady. Okay. I know nothing about this stuff. Oh, it's about to get a lot deeper, Angelo. I, j- I just go to work and they pay me to be there. Or right. actually not even. I don't even have to go there anymore. I just go home and they pay me and uh, that's all. That's it, right? That's what you do with money. Yes, yeah. And by HomePods. Cool, yeah. <laughs> I invest in HomePods. It's going to be a device that's going to be timeless. Is that your plan? You're just going to stockpile them? Yeah. I, you can't buy a HomePod anymore. I, I just no, went I mean, like just before we recorded. Just... I guess. But just before, I, I don't want it to smell like other people's houses. <laughs> I, I just went online to check on the Apple Store to see if they still have any HomePods in stock. And is now the place where it used to show HomePod, now it just says HomePod Mini. Oh, I thought you were going to say it. It shows iPod. <laughs> that would be really funny. <laughs> I asked you a very simple question last week, and you had no idea what I was talking about. So I said, great, stop there. Don't look it up. Mm-hmm. So I okay. asked you what an NFT was, and you said, I have no idea. And I, bless your heart. It is amazing to me that someone doesn't know what an NFT is, because I would love to live in a world where that was the case. What's funny is that today I was listening to Connected from uh, Relay FM, and they mentioned nfts and how and they're younger than they're about your age these guys and they're like they looked into it to make a joke out of it and it was too complicated and they needed like younger people to work on it and they didn't have time <laughs> so an nft angelo is all the rage it is all um where the speculators now are because firstly you know in 2017 2018 2019 even if it's a 2021 uh you know they were game stonking they were buying Bitcoin, and now it's taken to the next level. So an NFT stands for non-fungible token. And what that is, is um, uh, it's related to blockchain uh, technology. So what it, it basically is, Angelo, is it would allow you to own, digitally own, a piece of art that you can claim is yours. Now, other people can use the art, but you can claim ownership over it. Okay, so now I actually have heard of this. Uh, last week, listening to, of all things, a podcast about magic, and how magicians can use non-fungible tokens to basically patent uh, 
yeah, copyright their magic, but still allow other people to use it. Because uh, in the world of magic, like most of the tricks you see, like it's not like uh, it's not like a band where bands write their own songs. Most magicians don't create no, their own you, tricks; they just use other people's tricks, yeah. right? Um, so, oh, so see there, I, I had heard about it, but he didn't actually say NFT. He yeah. had said non fungible token, so I didn't actually make the connection until this very moment. So the non-fungible part is a non-interchangeable. That's kind of what it means, right? So it means that there's one of it. Okay. So basically like, um, and it's been making a lot of waves in the art world uh, in particular because of the fact that like, this is a way for people to, to raise money, but it's a very complicated kind of system because what you basically need is you need uh, Ethereum. ETH is like the main one. You can also buy with Bitcoin, but it's all this cryptocurrency that you need to put real money into in order to buy an equivalent amount of like Ethereum or Bitcoin in order to then spend on a piece of art. This is very complicated. What about like, isn't there something called money you can use? There is money. Yes, absolutely. But the thing is like <laughs> you, it's like, it's a really weird way in which you're basically, uh, uh, hoping that these pieces of digital art go up in price. And it's really funny because the first time I'd heard of it was, um, in 2018. So, and I was reminded of this recently during the holidays when I watched the documentary feels good, man, all about uh, Matt Fury and Pepe, the frog. So, uh, rare Pepe's became one of the first set of NFTs. So the rarest Pepe is a Homer Simpson Pepe. <laughs> this is very strange. And I know, trust me. And that recently went back up for sale for like $600,000. Now, Angelo, what I want you to do is I want you to click on that Twitter link that I said not to okay, click I, on. I, you read my mind and I just clicked on it as you were saying it. Perfect. So, so this is a tweet from Christie's Auction House. I want, could you read it to us, please? Uh, at Beeples. What's a Beeple? He's an artist. The first 5,000 days, the first purely digital NFT-based artwork offered by a major auction house has sold for, that's 69 million? 69.35 million dollars. Uh, positioning him among the top three most valuable living artists. Wow. And now you're reminding me again, I, I heard this, I heard uh, John Gruber talking about this on the Dithering podcast. So, so you're just uh, not paying attention to the podcast you listen yeah, to. Yeah, I'm just not like, I'm not making connections. So yeah, no. That's the problem. I'm not, I'm the worst conspiracy theorist. I can't make connections. <laughs> you don't have any thread. I, had, I should have followed the money. You have no push pins. Beeple sounds like sheeple to me. Uh, there we go. Maybe that is, maybe that is a conspiracy we can get into, but it's, it's, it's a really interesting speculative market. I have, I want no part in this. Um, uh, people like Grimes <laughs> no. have managed to sell for a couple of million, uh, Kings of Leon. It's a really weird system because in theory, um, artists could be able to list their works of art as NFTs and then you could buy like a stake in there. Right. So in theory, you could co-own an album or a song with an artist and buy into it the same way that you could buy any shares in a company. It's just, this is much faster to do than filing all the paperwork. Your face right now is incredible. Like you, yeah. You, Isn't it fun to see see my reactions? You look angry more often, and also confused, but mostly angry. Whatever it doesn't. I'm old, I guess, Brian. I'm a turtle, as you said. But yeah, essentially, what this is, and the only silver lining to this is that it eliminates barriers between people who want to pay for art and the artists themselves in like different ways. And also like you don't physically have to like move something. Um, the downside, of course, is that you uh, don't sort of like own who gets to use this art because it is digital, right? Yeah. It, look, and I have a, I have a, I have a degree in art history and I, this, yeah. Like, what this do you think of this as head. an art historian? 
Well, I'm not an art historian. I just did art history. Yes, but like you history, have a degree but, in it, so you have some degree of knowledge of art history. So therefore, I'd like you to expound, because I'm going to use a big word here because you are an art history um, um, degree holder, uh, upon this <laughs> miraculous moment in time where speculators spend $69.35 million. I'm sure there are some dusty, fuddy-duddy art historians that are losing their mind over this stuff. And you know what, Angela? I'm going to copy and paste this to Google, and then let's take a look and see what this art looks like. Are you ready? I'm I'm fascinated by the the New York Times article you sent me. At the top, it says the new digital market: flying cat, pop tart body, six hundred thousand. Yeah, NBA Top Shot has been doing this for a while, so they've been selling like um, uh, very memorable moments in GIF format and other video formats. Um, and you basically like it's created this pandemonium because what you do is you buy a digital card pack, and there are drops at regular intervals, and you basically get a randomized number, and that lets you know whether or not you're going to spend money on digital cards. And there's a lot of trading, and it's like a, a crazy like gray zone marketplace that's going to get regulated sooner or later because that's always what happens. It gives me a headache just thinking about it. Fungible tokens. That's what we need. We need more copies of everything to trade all the time. What happened to the good old days when you could just walk into the Louvre and <laughs> steal? steal yes. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that I was dealing with a cat burglar. Yes. Angela, you're disillusioned enough. Let us move on over to even weirder <laughs> waters in the paranormal section. I'll see you there, my friend. Great. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal, and we have one thing and one thing only to talk about this week, Angelo, and it is probably the weirdest thing. We may have to slap an explicit um, content warning on this one because we're going to get weird with it. Uh, I recently linked you to a New York Post article, and you were nice enough to actually go find a couple of more um, uh, uh, better phrased, more interesting articles that carry more journalistic heft than the trash known as the New York Post. But the essential story is this. A bunch of scientists from the University of Arizona were uh, attending the annual Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers Aerospace Conference, which happens annually, and I assume this happened, um, you know, digitally this year. And um, I find it kind of weird because last episode we talked about the Armageddon time arc, and this time we're going to be talking about a modern lunar arc. Yeah, for... Not actual living creatures, but well, uh, what life, happens before they're When living? does life begin, really, right? So the report that they wrote was called Lunar Pits and Lava Tubes for a Modern Arc. And uh, we'll link to the Vice article because I think it has the, the best headline here, um, which I'm going to read very plainly. Scientists want to send a massive load of jizz to the moon. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this team from the university... So much for these articles being better worded, but I guess they're... they're they're more fun to read. That that New York Post article was really hard to get through. Yes. Uh, barely. Uh, like, never barely mind all the ads that popped up on my screen, despite me having an ad blocker on. I love how we're going to talk about the weirdest thing and that you just want to go on about, like, web formatting. Uh, yeah. Essentially, what this group of scientists wants to do is that they want to store... 6.7 million different uh, uh, sperm samples of like various creatures, including humans. Brian, you, you want to know how childish my mind is sometimes? How childish is it? There's a picture of the modern lunar arc and there's a thing that says elevator shafts. Yeah, it's, it it's pretty... looks like a penis. It's pretty suggestive. Is it on purpose that they did that? I don't know, because if tube? you look, there's like two little like um, tubes on the side, right? And there's like 
another tube, which could be like considered like a testicle or something. It's a very, very strange, weird, endearing um, kind of of uh, schematic, right? So I would. Well, love- if you look at it, it's like a side view of a penis with low hanging testicles. So what they're doing is, what is the mountain called where they store all the different samples? You know what I'm talking about? Which mountain is that? Yeah, that's it's here. Hold on. This Valberg Global Seed Vault. So they have that for like earth-based things. But uh, scientists at the University of Arizona are really worried about uh, a mass extinction level um, event happening to us in ELE, right? And uh, and I love their slide, by the way. Uh, also, they are a NASA partner, don't forget. Or rather, the conference, I guess, is a NASA partner of the entire thing. But there is a slide included in the Vice article that made me laugh. So things that we need to look out for, super volcanic eruption, global nuclear war, never mind regional, uh, asteroid impact, global epidemic, climate change well, accelerated. Were, we have a global epidemic right now. Pandemic, but yes. Uh, well, pandemic is worse than epidemic. Global solar storm and global mm-hmm. drought. So so wait, wait let me, let, like, uh, can I be pedantic here? Yeah, but course. isn't a, like a global epidemic is literally a pandemic. That's like, that's what pandemic means, isn't it? No. No? A pandemic is a disease that affects a, uh, affects a large number of people within a community population region. A pandemic is an epidemic that is spread to multiple countries. Yeah, so yeah. global pandemic, global epidemic. Yeah, but it can't be global and epidemic. Epidemic is based on a specific region, right? It'd be like saying there's an epidemic in Montreal. Yeah. No, there is no global, there's no such thing as a global epidemic because the time, by the time it gets global, it is a pandemic. Yeah, so that's wrong. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Right. Okay. So you're okay. calling out the NASA scientists. So NASA's really interested in this. They said previously that these pits could serve as useful little shelters for visiting astronauts, or I guess in this case, um, you know, sperm samples, semen, yeah. jizz. Um, so I would just love to imagine a world. Do I have world. to bleep that? No, because we're going with the explicit okay. tag here. Okay. But I would just love yeah. to imagine a world in which we blow ourselves up, aliens show up, they find this <laughs> Armageddon arc filled with sperm, and they're like, is this all that's left? Is this life? Let's make it. They could make it, right? Or, you know, if you want to follow the ancient astronaut theory, the idea that they're going to come back to Earth to see how we're doing, we are test subjects, and suddenly they visit, you know, the closest <laughs> <laughs> a piece of planet or like a moon, right? Uh, our closest orbital partner. And they're like, they've built a giant phallus loaded with different kinds of sperm. That's literally what we're seeing here. Just I would and love does to it shoot this. out of the tip of the the uh, yeah, is the ejection pod the there? Shaft? Like that's what I would love to yeah. know because most of this is underground, right? So the idea that they would shoot up from the uh from the elevator shaft all the way past the airlock, you know. It brings new meaning to uh, panspermia. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> My favorite thing too is like um the description here is um, of the two sort of like the larger modules. So there are cryopreservation modules, obviously for the sperm samples, but then the preservation slash analysis lab. So all the, like we're going to have scientists just staring at our, like, like a toad sperm, like animal Maybe. sperm all day. Like, yeah. There's all the animals are going to be, does there. it float? Like, that's what I want to know. You know what I mean? Like, so we basically have to oh. create a bunch of like different um, uh, modules by which scientists get to play with sticky stuff all day. And I really can't stop coming back to the idea of an alien civilization visiting and just being like, I guess they don't even know how to fuck anymore. We're just stuck here because I'm going full explicit here. Well, look, they'd be coming to don't, like <laughs> aliens usually. <laughs> Sorry. You absolutely watch into that one. Yeah. They'd be uh, going there we <laughs> to go. earth to abduct humans to get sperm samples, but they would hit the mother load. 
Yeah. When like, they get to the moon anyway. This has been the kind of fodder that like RIP, the weekly world news used to venture into, right? With all these like photoshopped and like before that, like collaged images, staged photos, stories about like someone in like Arkansas. Like that's the classic trope of like being abducted. And then like, you know, and, and there have been like more seriously, there have been a lot of stories involving people who have been abducted. And then like, um, you know, Betty and Barney Hill, for example, like, like having semen extracted and it's been a very traumatic experience. And then you have this, which is like scientists are just like laughing at everyone right now. Like, did they lose a bet? You think the University of Arizona is like the, their team lost a bet with another university? And like, you have to present this. Like, this is your topic <laughs> for the year. Um, you know, I I find it very interesting. It's kind of weird. I read through some of the report. I mean, sure, it makes sense. But like, uh, once again, there's a YouTube video. There is, yes. Um, uh, not of the sperm itself or how they plan on getting it up there. Like, w- like what is? <laughs> I don't like, want to show video of getting that. One really, really like like imagine being the sperm gender. Like, you're the person who has to fly the ship to the moon to deposit all of this. It's like a really, it's like a, like a really bad Armageddon, like, like sequel. That's like direct to video. Yeah. But uh, I just, you know, like what, it, what would it mean to an alien civilization that like, this is all that we're reduced to in the, in the event of like a, 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 a like a, a mass extinction event. You say goo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, this, so you were talking about that slide with the, the motivation of mass extinction. Earth, it says, Earth is in an extremely fragile state. Humans have already faced one close call 75,000 years ago. What is that close call? I don't know. I don't know. What happens if the moon gets hit by well, whatever we get That's my other question, hit? too. Is like, what happens to the moon, right? Like, it's, it's all great and fine if we've got, you know, uh, seeds in the Arctic that we're saving up. And then, like, should we create an artificial satellite that just carries sperm? For like the end, that's like, also a good idea. What 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 message would you leave an alien civilization if you had to be like, hey, guess what? Um, uh, we wiped ourselves out. Oops. Uh, <laughs> uh, these are are these are the building blocks of life. There's millions of them. Um, what if they get confused? What if they're like, I don't understand which is the dominant species, and they're like, suddenly the platypus rules all all like of Earth too. Well, or they use their advanced technology to make. Uh, intelligent platypi. There was, the way you say platypi? Yes, I will accept that that variation. But yeah, it, it's just like what what then, right? You know, like if if an alien civilization has to like read through DNA and try to figure out how to parse it, and the, all they see is like very strange liquid kept everywhere with like strange, I don't know, like uh, um, like a QR codes or whatever. Like, is there's no <laughs> a galactic equivalent of a QR code right now? So they'd see a QR code and shake their head at our primitive technology. They definitely would, I think. And they would just go, you know what? We don't even need this. We have like EnviroScan or whatever they call it. So in doing research for this episode, I was looking up, you know, like like various search terms. And I fall, I fell upon a story. So we're going from, from the New York Post to the, the Metro tabloid in the UK. Um, and it's a story from 2016 entitled, People Who See UFOs Feel Inexplicably Horny and No One Knows Why. So, you know, I what, tried where to- Where did you find this article? It's not in our show notes. It's not. Surprise. Oh, okay. So where are we going with this? Here. It's just, it was an interesting kind of side note that like people who see UFOs are reindeer, you know, to use the local parlance. And it was just uh, interesting. They mentioned things like uh, uh, Whitley Strieber and community being probed, unfortunately. Like, and like, once again, we are not making fun of abductees who have suffered through something. We're making fun of the idea of a bunch of earth scientists sitting around being like, we need to make a jizz silo on the moon for, for ourselves and for aliens in order to regrow man. And how do you pick which semen you want to keep up there? I love the picture uh, here of the UFO. I mean, our UFO on our show art is better than this UFO. Yes, the one from the Metro article, yeah. But it's funny because yeah. like, I couldn't, I was trying really hard to like stay very like neutral and be like, let me like research some of this. And like, this is what I've fallen into. Just that and like erotic 
like alien fiction that exists. I, I don't think it's a bad idea, though. I just I, I want to understand the mechanisms by which an alien civilization would in the event that we all blow each other up, because like, let's be honest, it's a non-zero chance at this point in our lives. Yeah. Um, and they're not, and then like the, the, we're not ready to go to the moon yet. Like, would we have a base there? So like the earth explodes or is gone. And then the, the six people left on the moon would be the ones to, to like repopulate everything else. My big worry is that Elon Musk is going to get a hold of this. And suddenly he's sending jizz loads uh, through SpaceX to Mars. <laughs> But like, yeah, I'd love to know the context by which we are communicating the fact that we have a, a vessels of sperm living in the moon at, if we decide to disappear as a species. And then like, where are we going to go take that? Like we take that to Mars to start procreating? Like where's this going eventually? Like if we come back to Earth after it's been like devastated and just procreate stronger, better, faster? We'd have to look for Earth too. No. But Angela, I want you to think about aliens. I want you to think about phalluses. I want you to think about, you know, congrats. I know that these things are sometimes hard for you to talk about, no pun intended, because of the fact that, like, we try to keep this squeaky clean. But for once, I think we're allowed to sort of, like, deviate a little tiny bit. And it's from, not even that bad, Brian. No, it's not. This it's would not. be, like, this would get, like, a PG. I said I said the F word earlier, though. You, you're allowed one. No, it's a PG-13 in the States. You're allowed one. That's how it works. Oh, it's PG-13. You're allowed just one F-bomb? I thought it was PG. Do you want, yeah, you want your six-year-old watching like uh, like uh, the Prince of Egypt and suddenly there's an F-bomb? Yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, I think PG, yeah, I think it's PG-13. Let's take Even it. that, they, tr- they try not to put the F-bomb in, in PG-13s. No, they don't. But you're allowed one usually. So I'm going to take it and, and, and take my virtual ball that isn't filled with, you know, uh, eagle jizz or whatever and like bring it home. One final question for you before we forget. Um, is there any species you want to exclude from this like jizz arc? I, I, feel, I feel every species on Earth has its place and is important. Oh boy. What really sucks? Mosquitoes suck. Mm. I was going to say geese. Geese and no, geese are fine. You've ever been close to they poop. Like, I Yes, they poop. Their poop yeah. smells. It is gigantic. They are very dastardly. It's not like creatures. real bird poop, is it? No, it's like this gross it looks mixture. Like, yeah. It depends if it's dry or wet though, because I've seen both and both are not very thrilling. Oh, where are we? We're like, Wait, so we're nothing up to this point disgusted you, but as soon as we got into the talk of like bird poop, you're like, you know what? I'm out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Geese are geese are fine. They're they're mean though. They are mean. Yeah. They always constantly try to snap at you. I heard I heard some this morning. They're coming back, Brian. We've been the virus all along, Angela. I feel like this is a great place to end episode 159 of the Double Density Podcast. As always, you can find us all over the internet. You can find us at Twitter at twitter.com slash double underscore density (laughs) double density podcast over um on instagram one word and you can hit up double density.net to find out where to subscribe to us as well as all of our newest episodes as well as different ways in which you can contact and harass us uh brian i have a question for you yes are you in front of the green screen because your hand looks weird when it goes near that microphone no it's the light it's because my monitors i think you're in front of a green screen like joe biden oh that's another thing we should talk about but we won't um but yeah uh, Angelo, no. this has been really weird, but I think we should start trying to do this. Um, I'm chatting with you on video. I'm watching your reactions. It's great to watch you sort of like do things. I think I like the video thing. I think we might have to stick with this. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It's useful. We'll see wherever I move if I decide to, to keep this going. But Angelo, this is it for episode 159 of the Double Density Podcast. And as always, you can tune in next episode as I figure out how to shoot Angelo pow <laughs> straight to the moon. Bye, Angelo. Bye. <laughs>